Today is the ninth day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today as we dive in for the next step forward on our journey through the scriptures and as we gather around the global campfire. Wow, we've got some ground to cover today because we're going to be beginning, well, more than beginning, we're going to read a whole book in the Old Testament and then we're going to begin a new book in the New Testament. So we got a lot of ground to cover here as we begin today in the Old Testament. We're continuing through the Minor Prophets and today we will read in its entirety the book of Joel and nobody really knows who Joel was. There are other people in the Bible with that name, but scholars don't believe any of those people are the author of this book. The language in this book is prophetic. Like it, it will sound kind of common with some of the other prophets like Ezekiel or Jeremiah or Amos or Micah or Zephaniah. And so scholars look at those similarities and say maybe Joel is the work of more than one prophet. And then other scholars consider maybe that the similarities are just the language of the prophets. Maybe there was like a culture and a tradition among the prophets and this is this is how they communicated. And Joel doesn't give us any historical clues in the text either, and that makes dating it really difficult. And different conclusions have, have come to be over the centuries. I guess the, in the most general terms, somewhere between 500 and 800 BC is likely the time period of Joel. And he writes of a vast horde of locusts that invade the land and destroy it eat everything, all the vegetations, tear down all the crops, destroy everything. And, and because of that, a great famine follows the plague of locusts. And this natural disaster is used as the backdrop for Joel to prophetically call the children of Israel back to God. And most scholars think that this locust invasion was an actual event at some point rather than just a symbol or an allegory. Even though Joel's using the event to speak an apocalyptic, prophetic message of judgment upon the people. What we'll see, though, is that like other prophetic works, the message can be a message of coming doom, but it's a message of a fork in the road, that there is a choice to be made, and a path of repentance would lead back toward blessing and restoration. But rejecting God will bring the great and terrible day of the Lord. And the judgments that are described in Joel, yes, great and terrible. But the path of repentance would lead to even greater wholeness and restoration. And so we'll encounter some of the most well-known passages of restoration in the scriptures. Like, I will pour out my spirit upon all people your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. And so let's embrace the book of Joel as we read it in its entirety. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, son of Petuel. Hear this, you elders. Listen, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this ever happened in your days? or in the days of your ancestors? Tell your children about it 
and let your children tell their children and their children the next generation. What the devouring locust has left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust has left, the young locust has eaten. And what the young locust has left, the destroying locust has eaten. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you wine drinkers, because of the sweet wine, for it has been taken from your mouth. For a nation has invaded my land, powerful and without number. Its teeth are the teeth of a lion, and it has the fangs of a lioness. It has devastated my grapevine and splintered my fig tree. It has stripped off its bark and thrown it away. Its branches have turned white. Grieve like a young woman dressed in sackcloth, mourning for the husband of her youth. Grain and drink offerings have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests, who are ministers of the Lord, mourn. The fields are destroyed. The land grieves. Indeed, the grain is destroyed. The new wine is dried up and the fresh oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers. Wail, you vine dressers, over the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The grapevine is dried up and the fig tree is withered. The pomegranate, the date palm, and the apple, all the trees of the orchard have withered. Indeed, human joy has dried up. Dress in sackcloth and lament, you priests. Wail, you ministers of the altar. Come and spend the night in sackcloth, you ministers of my God, because grain and drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. Announce a sacred fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the residents of the land at the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Woe because of that day, for the day of the Lord is near and will come as devastation from the Almighty. Hasn't the food been cut off before our eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seeds lie shriveled in their casings. The storehouses are in ruin and the granaries are broken down because the grain is withered away. How the animals groan! The herds of cattle wander in confusion, since they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep and goats suffer punishment. I call to you, Lord, for fire has consumed the pastures of the wilderness, and flames have devoured all the trees of the orchard. Even the wild animals cry out to you, for the riverbeds are dried up, and fire has consumed the pastures of the wilderness. Blow the ram's horn in Zion! Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the residents of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. In fact, it is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and total darkness, like the dawn spreading over the mountains. A great and strong people appears, such as never existed in ages past, and never will again in all the generations to come. A fire devours in front of them, and behind them a flame blazes. The land in front of them is like the Garden of Eden, but behind them it is like a desert wasteland. There is no escape from them. Their appearance is like that of horses, and they gallop like war horses. They bound on the tops of the mountains. 
Their sound is like the sound of chariots, like the sound of fiery flames consuming stubble, like a mighty army deployed for war. Nations writhe in horror before them. All faces turn pale. They attack as warriors attack. They scale walls as men of war do. Each goes on his own path, and they do not change their course. They do not push each other. Each proceeds on his own path. They dodge the arrows, never stopping. They storm the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter through the windows like thieves. The earth quakes before them. The sky shakes. The sun and moon grow dark, and the stars cease their shining. The Lord makes his voice heard in the presence of his army. His camp is very large. Those who carry out his command are powerful. Indeed, the day of the Lord is terrible and dreadful. Who can endure it? Even now. This is the Lord's declaration. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him so you can offer a grain offering and a drink offering to the Lord your God. Blow the ram's horn in Zion. Announce a sacred fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the aged. Gather the infants, even babies nursing at the breast. Let the groom leave his bedroom and the bride her honeymoon chamber. Let the priests... The Lord's ministers weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, Have pity on your people, Lord, and do not make your inheritance a disgrace, an object of scorn among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, Where is their God? And the Lord became jealous for his land and spared his people. The Lord answered his people, Look. I am about to send you grain, new wine, and fresh oil. You will be satiated with them, and I will no longer make you a disgrace among the nations. I will drive the northerner far from you and banish him to a dry and desolate land, his front ranks into the Dead Sea and his rear guard into the Mediterranean Sea. His stench will rise. Yes, his rotten smell will rise. For he has done astonishing things. Don't be afraid, land. Rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has done astonishing things. Don't be afraid, wild animals, for the wilderness pastures have turned green. The trees bear their fruit, and the fig tree and grapevine yield their riches. Children of Zion, rejoice and be glad in the Lord your God because he gives you the autumn rain for your vindication. He sends showers for you, both autumn and spring rain as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain, and the vats will overflow with new wine and fresh oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust ate, the young locust and the destroying locust and the devouring locust, 
my great army that I sent against you. You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. You will praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am present in Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. After this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, as the Lord promised among the survivors the Lord calls. Yes, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and take them to the valley of Jehoshaphat. I will enter into judgment with them there because of my people, my inheritance, Israel. The nations have scattered the Israelites in foreign countries and divided up my land. They cast lots for my people. They bartered a boy for a prostitute and sold a girl for wine to drink. And also Tyre, Sidon, and all the territories of Philistia. What are you to me? Are you paying me back? Or trying to get even with me? I will quickly bring retribution on your heads. For you took my silver and gold and carried my finest treasures to your temples. You sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks to remove them far from their own territory. Look, I am about to rouse them up from the place where you sold them. I will bring retribution on your heads. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabaeans, to a distant nation, for the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for holy war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the men of war advance and attack. Beat your plows into swords and your pruning knives into spears. Let even the weakling say, I am a warrior. Come quickly, all you surrounding nations. Gather yourselves. Bring down your warriors there, Lord. Let the nations be roused and come to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit down to judge all the surrounding nations. Swing the sickle, because the harvest is ripe. Come and trample the grapes, because the winepress is full. The wine vats overflow because the wickedness of the nations is extreme. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will grow dark and the stars will cease their shining. The Lord will roar from Zion and make his voice heard from Jerusalem. Heaven and earth will shake but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the Israelites. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who dwells in Zion 
my holy mountain. Jerusalem will be holy, and foreigners will never overrun it again. In that day, the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk. All the streams of Judah will flow with water, and a spring will issue from the Lord's house, watering the valley of Acacias. Egypt will become desolate, and Edom a desert wasteland, because of the violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood. But Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation. I will pardon their blood guilt, which I have not pardoned, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Okay, so that is Joel in its entirety, which brings us to the New Testament and our final book that we will enter into, the book of Revelation. And there is no other book like Revelation. Nothing, no other writing has captured the fascination of, of readers like the book of Revelation. No other book has been interpreted in so many ways through so many lenses over thousands of years. And some of the interpretations are, are science fiction and fantastic. Some of them are pragmatic and and are, are just looking scholarly at, at apocalyptic, apocalyptic literature. Revelation identifies the author as John, but it doesn't say which John, and so that's caused debate among biblical scholars. The tradition is that the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John, as well as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, is the author of the Revelation. This has come into question since at least the 3rd century. It continues until today, but most hold to the tradition that the Apostle John was probably the author. And if that's the case, then the Apostle John was banished to the island of Patmos, where Revelation was written, where the Revelation was given and written. And it's believed that Patmos at that time was like an island prison where criminals and like exiles and political activists and stuff like they would just be shipped on this island to see, see about it themselves. The island's real. It's in the Aegean Sea. It's between modern day Greece and Turkey, just off the coast from Ephesus, not too far. And that's where it's believed that John lived his elderly years of his life. One of the great intrigues of Revelation is the genre it's written in, apocalyptic literature. And that's one of the reasons for all of the intrigue around it. It's highly symbolic. And when it's read, discernment must be used. What is literal? What is allegoric? What is symbolic? And because we're dealing with a certain kind of subject matter, like the end of the world as we know it and the beginning of a new era well then obviously intrigue we want to know when we want to know how we want to know how this is going to go down and so interpreting revelation leads to all kinds of conclusions and that has been the case for thousands of years like some some scholars look at Revelation as an entirely first century writing, that what it's referring to and what was going to happen happened then, and have it's already taken place. Others look at the book outlining like the beginning of the first century 
and lasting all the way until the world ends. And then others believe that it's symbolic. It's timeless. It's describing the cosmic struggle between darkness and light, between good and evil. And all of these are legitimate views. If we're going to get if we're going to get into the deep end, if we're going to get way off into the deep end and start trying to date things and time things and fulfill things, well, we would be participating in a great tradition that has been going on a long, 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 long time. Thousands of years, in fact. And everybody to date has been 100% wrong. So we may not want to get overly tied up in trying to date things. One thing we're going to see, though, and we can't miss this, is that we've been kind of coming up alongside this theme of endurance as we've wound through the letters and wound our way here to Revelation. And we will see that endurance is a fundamental theme in the book of Revelation. It's like we worked our way through endurance to get to this statement because it's irreplaceable in the ultimate battle between good and evil. Revelation tells us that, that those who endure until the end and are faithful to the testimony of Jesus will be eternally victorious. He says they have, and this is famous, you probably know this, they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. That's endurance, my brothers and sisters. And so we'll discover that endurance isn't something that we go through. It's not something like we think of endurance like something that we just have to suck it up and take. Like it's just all bad and pain and we just have to stand in some sort of defensive posture and just sort of take it until it's over. When actually remaining true, when the whole world is against you, that's a powerful statement against deception. And deception friends, is what has ruined us. We saw that in the book of Genesis when we began this journey. Deception is a great force set against mankind. And Revelation will show us how far deception can go. Will show us that we have to endure and remain true. That we have to be a witness to the truth and be light bearers, image bearers in a dark world Otherwise, there is no witness left. We must endure until the very end. And according to Revelation, the very end is a new beginning. And so with that, we begin the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, whatever he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it, because the time is near. John to the seven churches in Asia. 
Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the affliction, kingdom, and endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet saying, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. When I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was one like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe and with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. The hair of his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes like a fiery flame. His feet were like fine bronze as it is fired in a furnace, and his voice like the sound of cascading waters. He had seven stars in his right hand. A sharp double-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was shining like the sun at full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, write what you have seen, what is and what will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Psalm 128 Blessings for those who fear God A Song of Ascents How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways? You will surely eat what your hands have worked for. You will be happy, and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like young olive trees around your table. In this very way, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. May the Lord bless you from Zion so that you will see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life and will see your children's children. Peace be with Israel. Proverbs 
29:18 Without revelation people run wild but the one who follows divine instruction will be happy Father we thank you for your word we recognize how quickly we're moving through some of the shorter books and some of the territory Holy Spirit, help us to pay close attention as we move through that we might see what we need to see, hear what we need to hear, and learn what we need to know that we might put it into practice in our lives, that we may collaborate with you and yield ourselves to the process of sanctification within us, that you are transforming us into your likeness as we learn and as we grow and as we surrender and as we're learning even in this new territory in revelation to endure come holy spirit lead us into all truth lead us away from all that is false may we put our faith in you and you alone in the name of jesus we pray amen DailyAudioBible.com. That's home base. It's where you can find out what's going on around here. The Daily Audio Bible app does all of that and more. And you can get that uh, on your smart device, wherever wherever, uh, App Store works with your smart device. Just look for Daily Audio Bible and you'll be able to find it. It's Christmas time around here. So our Daily Audio Bible annual family Christmas party is coming up. And uh, yeah, you can call in your holiday greetings now basically today and tomorrow. So this kind of is last call to get them in. You can uh, hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. That will be the number to call. And those are the prayer requests and encouragement lines. So just be aware that you shouldn't combine a holiday greeting and a prayer request in the same call. Just make those separate and then we can keep them separate. And very much looking forward to some hot cocoa and spending some time just hearing from everybody it does my heart good and I know it does your heart good too to hear from each other and so make sure that you're heard call in now the other thing for Christmas is that we pressed all of the music from the Daily Audio Bible five different titles two of them are Christmas titles and what's better than Christmas records right we love them around our house so we pressed these all up in vinyl this year and packaged them really, really beautifully so that they could be keepsakes, like commemoratives of this year and of our time around the global campfire as we as we move through life together. Just a, a commemorative, a moment in time that we spent. So those are all available in the Daily Audio Bible shop. Just look for the Christmas category and you'll find them there and all of the resources from from these albums are invested into what's coming next for us next year with a whole new place to live around the global campfire. And so thank you. Thank you for your partnership. And if you just want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you profoundly, humbly. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. The mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. 
And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, Dabbers. This is Christopher in the Pretzel City. Could you please pray for my friend Edwin, who had to have an emergency surgery uh, and is having kind of a rough time in recovery? Um, you know, we covet your prayers in this, um, and we know God is able. Thank you and take care. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for this ministry. Uh, Brian, been listening for many, many years now, probably at least eight. And uh, just, um, just keep her in Pennsylvania. I'm just calling in for my wife, Kristen. <sighs> Please keep her in your prayers. She's, uh, she's got shingles, and uh, it's very pain- painful. Um, and it's up in, on her head and, and like going into her eye, so it's kind of a little scary. Um, but thank you for your prayers, um, and thank you for, for the ministry and that we can go through the Word together and uh, support each other in God's Word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi, this is Laurie Ann from South Carolina. And I have a very heavy heart today. I'm calling because of my nephew. And his name is Baron. And he's nine years old. And he wants to be saved. He wants to be baptized. But his parents are atheists, especially his mom. And she will not allow him to be baptized. And I need my brothers and sisters in my DAB community right now more than I've ever needed y'all before. Baron knows who God is. He is awake with Jesus in his heart. He goes to the altar with his grandparents. And then he comes home to parents who don't believe in Jesus anymore. So if you will, please, please, for the sake of this young child, whose name is Baron, please call his name out to Jesus. Please pray for his parents, Ashley and Holland. Please pray that they change who they are, that they, if if Daily Audio Bible will get behind me and get behind them, there is nothing that our God can't do. And I know that's for a fact. And I love all of you. And please, he's nine years old. All he wants is to be baptized. Please pray that they find it in their heart to let this child know God. Again, this is Laurieann from South Carolina. Thank you so much. Heidi ho, siblings. It's your little sis, his little Cherie in Canada. I am so grateful that I've been able to listen to the community prayer the last few weeks. It feels great and I've heard a number of people praying for me and for my daughter reigning joy in her exam. Thank you so much. I'll just mention a couple people um, that I jotted down. Uh, Dr. Mack, thank you for praying for me. Lisa the Encourager, you prayed um, for joy. And Blind Tony, you mentioned my name. Junk to Treasure, you've been praying for, for me and for reigning joy. Thank you so much. Prisoner of Hope, 
I heard you um, say that you're praying for joy. Thank you to all of you. And I know that there are lots of people that have said a prayer, and I really appreciate it. I also wanted to thank Jeanette for praying for people who are in pain and can't sleep. And um, also, Jesse in Washington, your friend Mila has sleep anxiety. And uh, so I'm saying a prayer for her and for everyone who has sleeping problems. Priscilla in Alberta, I'm so sorry that you found out that your baby isn't viable at 14 weeks. I'm so sorry, and I'm saying a prayer for you. And his girl, Warrior, I want to thank you for the gratitudes. We are kindred spirits because gratitude is my thing too. And you mentioned that you got an MS diagnosis a few years ago. And so you are on my mind today and in my prayers. And I wanted to thank everybody just for being so welcoming and embracing. Um, That's a reflection of God's heart. And I'm so glad that I'm connected again through the community prayer to you guys, hearing your voices. I love you all. Bye for now.